good afternoon, listeners. Uh, welcome to the second episode of the Rapid Ascent podcast. Uh, we hope you enjoyed the first episode with Sean Purcell, a remarkable story of life after death, literally. Make sure you head to the iTunes and download the episode if you haven't already. Uh, just search for Rapid Ascent and you'll find it there. With me today, though, is a ver- another very special guest. Um, it's a big warm welcome to Sean Coombs. Hi, Ben. Thanks for having me today. Not a problem. Thanks for joining us. Yep, that's a pleasure to be here. Very busy schedule, so we appreciate you coming in today just yeah. for a quick chat. Yeah, yeah. So uh, we heard on the grapevine that you might be doing the 50k Surf Coast Century being held in September. Yeah, that's right. I am looking for a new challenge and uh, I have previously been involved uh, in the Surf Coast Century. So I thought, yeah, it might be a good time to do the 50k event this year, but I've just got to see how I go with my work commitments and, and see where I'm at. As you said, I'm very busy, so it's always difficult for me to try and fit these things in, but it's something I really enjoy doing. I imagine life is pretty busy as a criminal barrister, one of Victoria's top criminal barristers. Yeah, no, it is. Um, it's a great um, uh, job that I do and I really enjoy my work, but it is. It's trying to find a balance and that's often tricky. So, yeah, but running is a big part of my life. Uh-huh. We'll, we'll chat more about the Surf Coast Century in just a minute. Um, also a little bit more about your, about your background, but for for those not familiar, I guess, the, those listening in today may not be familiar with your background. So here's a quick intro for listeners. Uh, Sean is was one of the youngest barristers in Australia, um, became a barrister at age 23, uh, former Crown Prosecutor for the State of Victoria from 2015 to 2018, uh, finalist in the Lawyers Weekly Women in Law Awards Barrister of the Year 2018, uh, runner-up Australian Survivor, <laughs> Champions vs Contenders Season 3, yep. aired on Network 10, a hugely popular series. Uh, also, just on top of that... <laughs> just add some more things to the mix. <laughs> an endurance athlete, fundraising for multiple charities, uh, a regular participant in marathons and triathlons. Sean, I'm exhausted after reading all that. Um, I guess the first question, how do you fit it all in? Um, yeah, look, that's a really good question, and sometimes I ask myself the same question. But I think I just take it day by day, fundamentally, and you know, I'll set myself goals and make sure that they're achievable and if I can, if I can fit things in. So, yeah, I just try and try and take one day at a time. I think that's the best anyone can do. So proper multitasking? Yeah, you've got to be good at multitasking and, yeah. Yeah, and allowing yourself enough time to do things properly as well. So obviously not trying to fit too much in. But if you're going to go out for a run, make sure you've got some good time on your hands to go for a long run. And come back and deal with whatever else you got to deal with. Yeah, well, it's a, it's a nice way to look at it. I guess we can come back to your schedule in a minute, but um, I guess if we can take a step back, so youngest barrister at age twenty three. Mm-hmm. Oh, one the, of the youngest. Yeah, one of the youngest. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, admitted to the bar roll in Victoria at age twenty three. Yeah. Obviously, you've got a huge passion for the law. Yes. Um, what sparked that interest? Uh, I've always had a passion for the law. I, I think. For me, um, since I was a young age, I've always wanted to kind of stand up for people that couldn't speak for themselves. I I did that early on, even in my days of primary school. Um, You know, if anyone was being bullied, I'd always stand up for them, that kind of thing. I always wanted to make sure justice was done. So, uh, yeah, I got interested in the law in that way, actually. I had a a school play um, at school and I played the Crown Prosecutor and I came home and asked my dad what that was and he told me and I said, you know what, I think I want to do something like that when I grow up. So that's where it initially started and then I just, um, yeah, obviously followed that 
uh, got into debating and did legal studies at school and then went off to law school. Okay. Yeah. So that's, that's kind of been, been a passion from a very young age. Yeah. It wasn't kind of, uh, I guess it was, you weren't kind of forced into a no, career in law? No, no, no. I was the first one in my family that ever studied law and, uh, yeah, it was certainly something that I felt compelled to do um, and I still love it I really enjoy my career that's brilliant yeah. and grew up in Sydney yes I did grow up yeah. in Sydney and uh, spent um, some of my childhood on the central coast um, north of Sydney so yeah got, got uh, you know my love of nature kind of probably was developed there too in terms of bushwalking and that kind of thing getting out there so yeah yeah that's good and I guess the hustle and bustle of of law I how do you find it being a a young female competing in that environment. I guess that, that type of industry dominated by elderly gentlemen. <laughs> <laughs> well, look, I think traditionally and historically mm. for a long time, yes, it's been that way. But uh, the last five years and or maybe even the last five to ten years has been a real change. And I think that is certainly um, still occurring today. So it's a great time to be at the bar um, for anyone that is, you know, gender, race. I think it doesn't really matter. I think the opportunities are all there now for, for everybody. Um, yeah, so, yeah, I wouldn't have had it any other way, though. I never let any, you know, gender issues or anything like that deter me from going into the law. Yep. So I guess a key message for young female listeners out there would be just to... Go for it. Go for it. Yeah, absolutely. You know, <clears throat> trust yourself, back yourself. If it's what you really want to do, then just go and, and do it. You know, set yourself the goals uh, and don't let anyone persuade you to do otherwise. You listen to yourself and be true to yourself. Yep. Yeah. And I guess getting back to... Um, so you lived... New South Wales, yes. bit of time in Brisbane, now yes. in Melbourne. Yeah, that's right. So, so you call Victoria home? Absolutely. I love Victoria. Um, uh, you know, I've got roots up north, and but Victoria is certainly home for me. I just think there's so much on offer down here. You know, you can be in the city, but then an hour's drive out of town, yet you're down here at Surf Coast, and it's absolutely beautiful. So, yeah, yeah we're blessed. We're really lucky. And got a holiday home? Yes, I do, down here on the surf coast. Yeah, Yeah. that's right. And I love bringing my family down here. Um, We spend, you know, summers down here and whenever we can, actually, to get get away. Uh, And I think that's really important because, again, it's about finding a balance in life. But it certainly is for me, anyhow. Yeah. Uh, what's what sort of hours are you doing as a barrister? Oh. So you talk about a balance. Yeah, I look, guess your balance might be different to other people's balance. Yeah, I suppose that's true. It's all relative um, and what you yeah. get used to. But uh, look, sometimes I have really hectic schedule, uh, you know, a hectic schedule and a lot of hours that I'll be putting in. You know, you basically live and breathe cases sometimes when you're in trials and things like that. But um, I, I always make sure I you know, integrate exercise daily. So I cycle, you know, as well, go for a run just to, you know, shake it off really to shake off the day. So I think that's really important. And I find if I don't do it, then I start to feel, yeah, I don't feel good. I feel sluggish. I'm not, you know, at the top of my mental game. So yeah, yep. it's really integral in terms of my lifestyle. So exercise. Yeah, for sure. Very, very important. Absolutely. And I, it wasn't, I mean, you know, think about my life. I've always kind of had exercise there in the background, but since having kids, you know, I found that that is something, it's a constant that I need and, and it just yeah yeah brings me back and, and grounds me yep yeah so in terms of exercise I guess is it quite a 
quite a hefty regime or is it you know uh, a 5k run in the park yeah look i think the thing is because we're all we all get busy if you can't go out for your long run that you want to do even if you get out for a 20 minute quick run just to get it in i think because i think that's more important than letting it go and beating yourself up that oh i didn't stick to my schedule this week so i've learned over the years not to be too hard on myself if i don't maintain my original plan um, just to fit something in but uh, in saying that, if I do set myself a goal, like if the 50K, you know, surf goes, for instance, then I'll make sure I try and stick to that training regime because I know on the day, otherwise I'm, I'm not going to be able to perform. So, yep. yeah. And you've done the surf coast yeah. so a couple of times? I have. I've had, uh, I think maybe 2013 was the first one. And this I did it. full 100K? No, I've never done the full 100K. And it's always kind of been on my radar. And I think maybe I would like to try it one day. Mm-hmm. But it's, you know, the time I've got to invest. I've got to find that time. Um, certainly being part of a team is achievable. So that was what I did in the first instance. Um, so I, I was in the team of four and we did the surf coast century. I did the second leg, um, which was great. Uh, and. And yeah, then I came back and I did do the 50K a couple of years ago, so the first two legs, and that was amazing. I just absolutely loved it. It was yep. such a great event, and, you know, trail running is so fun. Um, yeah, because, you know, I, I enjoy road running, but it's nice to get, um, you know, out there and amongst nature and just taking that all in. It's a yep. different experience. Yeah, it's certainly a big draw card, I guess, for the Surf Coast Century is being out there in nature and yeah. on the Surf Coast. Oh, and it's so beautiful and you go through so many different zones, you know, yeah. you start on the beach and along, you know, past the cliffs and bells and then you come into Torquay and then you head out back towards Anglesey and you go through yeah. all that beautiful forest and it's, yeah. a, it's amazing. Yeah, striking. Yeah, a lot of our runners do it regularly, so I guess yes. we've actually got a guy who's doing his seventh 100k event oh this year oh my goodness so wow more to come there but yeah that's, that's amazing that's a massive effort from Absolutely. him so yeah uh, there's yeah definitely some hardcore runners that love doing it year after year yeah. so it'd be great to see you there this year for the 50 yeah um who do you look, look to for inspiration in terms of running um, training programs i guess as well yeah uh look i i look i admire actually sam gash i think she's amazing endurance runner and she was on one of the previous seasons of survivor um and but i i you know i take kind of um uh, moments from lots of different people that just the everyday people that get out there i love hearing other people's stories other parents stories you know you might meet on the trails so when i did surf coast entry the last time you'll strike up conversations with the other runners and you hear you know what their what their purpose is and what their background is and why they're running so i kind of get strength from that you know i enjoy hearing at the everyday story yeah yeah, yeah. um i guess that's it a good segue into Survivor. So you mentioned <laughs> oh, yeah. a former runner from Survivor. Was that what sparked your interest in Survivor, or the, the running, or or Sam, or no uh, participating um, in Survivor? So for me, participating on Survivor. Look, I people who know me know that I love to challenge myself. And when Survivor first started, you know, nearly oh, well, 2001, I think it was, or 2000, I watched the US season, fell in love with the game instantly. Like I watched that season and thought, wow, what an amazing challenge! Wouldn't it be great if that opportunity came to me one day I'd love to do that so I was, I've always been a Survivor fan um, and then when champions and contenders yeah rolled around I was yeah I wasn't going to miss that boat so yeah, yeah. <laughs> I jumped on board <laughs> and I, I've read some media just before this podcast mm. there's a few people that said you may have risked your career yeah in the legal profession. Well, do you agree with that or do you think that's um, 
look, I think it's interesting because obviously within the legal profession, I've got a reputation and, uh, you know, luckily I, I have got a good reputation. Well, I, I'm told I have a good reputation and I've been in it for a long time. Um, going into Survivor, I wanted to do it for myself and something as something completely different because, you know, look, we've got long careers ahead of ourselves and you've got plenty of time to do all these other things. But I thought this opportunity is not going to come up again. So I wanted to take the opportunity and I probably didn't really fully consider whether or not I would have a you know job when I came back. I mean, I'm sure I knew that, that I would have a job to come back to. But I didn't think it would be a negative kind of perception um, going into Survivor or, you know, negatively impacting, I should say, my career when I came out. Yeah. It wasn't until I came out that then I thought, well, maybe, <laughs> perhaps, you know, it could be taken in, in a different way. So, yeah, I was very, um, you know, obviously happy when I came back and people were super receptive. In fact, you know, most of or all of the legal profession have really rallied around me and they, you know, watched and they were amazed. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So it's been great, actually. This amazed morning. with the physical endurance. Absolutely, yeah. yeah. So, like, you know, I've had members of the judiciary and other colleagues come up to me and say, Sham, you know, we knew you could do A, B or C, but we didn't know you had this in, yeah. in you. And I'm kind of like, well, yeah, me too. Like, I went and surprised myself in that way. Yeah. Yeah, so. So yeah. definitely of the mindset, you know, act first. Thanks for forgiveness later. <laughs> Perhaps, no, I don't know. Look, you have to weigh things up. And that's what I did. Before I went out there, I thought, I don't want to live a life of regrets. I don't want to look yep. back and think, you know what, I passed that up because I might have risked my you know, job or my reputation. Yeah. Because you can't live your life in fear. You, you no. just, you, you're not living if you're really doing that. So that's why I said, no, nah, I'm just going to go and do it. So a calculated risk in your view? Yeah, absolutely. And I knew I was going to play the game in a way that was true to myself. And I did that, you know. Um, yep. uh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, I, I really value the way I live my life. And I, yeah. I think I wanted that to carry through in Survivor. And I, I think that, that I obviously did that. And um, I guess um, a Survivor could be considered, you know, a game of deception. Mm. Um, I think that's why people admired you. Yeah. And had respect for you after the series because you've... You, you compared it based on trust yeah. and, you know, you compared it with integrity, I guess. Yeah, so. and that's the way I wanted to play the game. I wanted to go in there and see how long I could survive playing in that capacity. So I was so pleased to think, yes, you know what, you can get through this game and Survivor and play it in that way. Yeah. Um, and, I mean, it would have been the cherry on the top if I'd been, you know, uh, crowned winner as well. Um, but I feel to get to that point anyway is a huge achievement to be able to play it in that way and, and not play with that level of deception so are they values that sort of underlie uh, your day-to-day role as a barrister yeah. and, and mum as well yeah absolutely I mean I'm conscious that of the fact that I'm raising children and I, I you know I want to lead by example so I think that's really important the way I go about my life and that's another thing like taking risks I want my kids to do that too take calculated risks don't be afraid of a challenge um, and then of course at work it's fundamental that I act that way it's part of my responsibilities as a barrister so yeah, yeah. Mm. And we should mention too that uh, you have four kids. Yes, I think we spoke yeah. about that. Yeah, actually, yes, I have four kids. So, <laughs> mum to four kids, eldest is 16 years old. Yeah, that's right. And my youngest is seven. Yeah. Youngest is seven. Yeah. So, I guess. Um, they must be fairly self-sufficient. Yeah, imagine. they are. They are. And look, that was a big thing, leaving them for two months, potentially two months, um, because I knew that they'd all have to survive without me. And we had yeah. a bit of a joke before I left that, you know, really they were the survivors. Yeah. <laughs> Mum's leaving, you know, and uh, they yeah. all stepped up and I'm, I'm really proud of them for doing that. So, and allowing me the opportunity to, to go yeah. and, and do this. And it's total uncertainty too, isn't it? I mean, 
you could have been back as in a week Absolutely. or days or That's right. two months away. Yep. No phones, no, no. email, nothing. Yeah. So, so survivor. It's a total lockdown. It is a total lockdown. And that's one thing that I really love about this, you know, this program, this show. It is absolutely pure. And, you know, you don't get any special treatment. You are sleeping on the ground. You're dirty. You stink. Yep. Uh, you don't have <laughs> shampoo and conditioner. Um, you're starving and you don't know what's going on in the world. Like I remember thinking, okay, um, the royal wedding was happening and, okay. you know, I knew that that was going to happen while I was away and all these things in the news you think well what's going on out there you're sitting on a beach looking out to the horizon and you've got no idea and you you don't talk to your family and so it's really tough mentally tough like that and that's two months off work too yes (laughs) two months off work (laughs) although in saying that for me you know I love my job but that was kind of a nice mental break (laughs) (laughs) so for you it was a holiday well in that capacity yeah because I wasn't (laughs) thinking about my cases or you know yeah, yeah all of those matters so that was really nice and I think in the legal profession, it's really important to, you know, have other endeavors and, and hobbies to be able to balance that out because it can be really consuming, all-consuming, the work yep. that we do. Yeah. What, what was the location for that particular series? So it was Fiji. Fiji. Um, we, were, we shot it in last year, yeah. Yep. So you're heading away offshore. Yeah. And, and in fact, you don't even know where you're going, so yep. you just get taken to the location. So does the film crew have access to phones and... Look, I'm, I, they may, yeah. but I mean, we are literally, you know, at camp and yeah, they're, they're just like flies on the wall, the cameraman production. Yeah. They just film uh, us 24 yep. seven. So when I came out of the game, I was still, you know, waking up in the middle of the night looking for a camera because I'm so used to yep. having a camera in your face. So yeah. 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 I guess um, you must have had quite a profile before you went on Survivor, mm. but that would have increased tenfold after Survivor. Yeah. So how did you deal with cameras in your face and all yeah. the rest? Um, yeah, that's interesting because, you know, in the law, you kind of go about your work and you do it quietly. You don't, yeah, there's none of that hype, I suppose. Um, so for me, it was a bit interesting coming out and then being faced with that because I wasn't used to that at all. Uh, but, you know, um, like anything, I'm a quick learner. and <laughs> yeah. yeah, so, but it, but it was good. It was a bit of fun, really. Did they, did they give you any media training after? You know? No, no, yeah. but yeah. Just throw you into the- <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Yep, you just got to learn to survive all of it, I suppose. Yeah, throw you to the sharks. <laughs> yeah, that's right. So, no, but it was a brilliant experience. I absolutely loved my experience on Survivor. Yeah. yeah. And I know you like to keep you, I guess, your public life separate from your private life. That, yeah. That's a deliberate yeah thing obviously yeah definitely yeah i think so i think um yeah it's important because so much of life now people do you know kind of scrutinize and the like and i think well if you're signing up for something they're not necessarily signing up for it so yeah yeah yeah, your husband does he work in law (laughs) he does yes so he that's how we met out of um, law school in our first jobs uh and uh yeah he's a lawyer as well yeah okay yeah yeah so mum the four kids yes uh, devout husband how long have you been married uh, oh gosh now I'm going to get in trouble no 18 18 years I think 18 yeah. years so. together for 20 years so okay. long time but yeah he's he's fantastic so supportive of me um, yeah just allows me to, to be myself which is fantastic yeah. I mean that's all you really want in a partner right yeah exactly so yeah yeah he's great uh, obviously someone to stick by you and yeah 
and he was my biggest fan when I, when I was on yeah. Survivor. As soon as I came back, you know, and then there were some photos of me online. And he made me his um, screenshot on his phone. Like, oh, wow. a, yeah, the, and, I just, <laughs> and it's still there, actually. It's kind of like you can take yeah. that down now, but no. He, Did you form quite a relationship with other contestants on yeah. Survivor? So you came second to Shane Gould? Yeah, I did. And obviously, I think, you know, the viewers would have seen Shane and I were really good friends out there and we got along straight away. And uh, yeah, I'm so happy for her. I'm really pleased that she, you know, one uh, and yeah she's a really good person I, I like her a lot uh, and of course done some amazing things in her life um, yeah. yeah amazing woman so but yeah others as well like we had a pretty cohesive tribe the champions tribe was a pretty good unit um, so we did we all got along pretty well but of course as survivor you know goes on then you've got to play the game which is tough yeah. 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 So you've you found it tough playing the game. Well, yeah, from that perspective, because you make yeah. real relationships yeah. and you you're out there on the beach with these people twenty four seven and yeah. you talk about your life and your people in your life and all these intimate kind of details and then you know you think, Oh well hang on a second, we have to vote someone out at the next tribal council. So it does become difficult in that way. Um, but yeah, outside of the game I'm still in touch with most of them actually, yeah. champions and contenders. Um, yeah, they're a good group of people. Oh good. Yeah. Uh, can we talk about your role as a Crown Prosecutor? Yeah, yeah, we not can, a much, little bit. Not yeah. in much detail, but... Yeah, not too much detail. I guess in terms of endurance and resilience and, like, you learn to build build those qualities internally quite mm. quite quickly. Yeah. In order to, to survive, I guess, in that game. Yeah, yeah. You mean in, in that work? In that yeah, profession? Yeah. I shouldn't call it a game. Yeah, it's no, not a game. it absolutely <laughs> isn't. No, that's true. But, it, it, yeah, you build those qualities and uh, I think, you know, you do, certainly develop them over time. I think you probably do have them there initially anyway. Um, but, yeah, look, that work, it's really important work and, and I, I love the work that I did there and I continue to do. So, um, yeah, but you certainly develop, um, uh, I don't know, a thick skin. I suppose uh, but at the same time yeah you, you're seeing a lot um, of different things about society and, and community and, and yeah I just always want to do my very best that I can for whatever side I'm acting for whether that's prosecution or defence yeah yep. mm. and I guess for, for people who may not know what is the significance of being crown prosecutor so that, uh, that's like the AFL of... <laughs> well, look, a Crown Prosecutor is obviously a very important role. They're appointed by the government of the day to um, basically act on behalf of the Director of Public Prosecutions uh, in serious uh, and complex matters in the indictable courts. Um, obviously appear in any jurisdiction um, in Victoria, but, yeah, they take on the most serious kind of cases. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. on the criminal side. Yeah, that's right. In, in the criminal law, that's right. Yep. Yeah. Okay, so... So it's a very important work. Yeah. yeah, and you're obviously very good at what you do. I mean, they only give that role to people who are... Yeah, I mean, generally speaking, good at yeah, you have to have a certain level of expertise to, to get that position. Yeah. Um, yeah, so I think that that is right. Yeah, you could say is that. Is it the kind of thing where you work your way up through the magistrate's court and... Um, well, look, I think you, you've got to have a level of experience anyway to, to be put into that role. But, uh, yeah, you certainly have to, to be good at your job, know the law. Um, uh, there are various qualities that they would take on board in considering those people for that job. Uh-huh. Yeah. Well, it sounds like really rewarding work for you. So, yeah. I guess to come back to your, you know, your passion for running and endurance and all the rest, um, 
Where did that begin? That's, that's been a passion since you were a teenager? Or? Well, it's, it's a good question, actually, and quite funny. I mean, when I was younger, I was a swimmer, so I uh-huh. used to do squad swimming, uh, and I wasn't really a runner at all when I was younger. So at school, cross-country, I was always at the back of the pack. Like, I was just not into it. But then when I had my third son, um, someone suggested that I should get into running, and actually my first son had been quite sick when he was little, so I thought, you know, I want to raise money for the Royal Children's Hospital, so I thought I'm going to do Run for the Kids. So run for the kids was the first goal I had. Never run really any long distance before. So I started training for that event, um, the 5K event, in fact. So short distance. And then that was it. Rest was his history because I fell in love with running straight away. And then over time increased my distances to ultimately working up to a marathon. And I think I've done like eight marathons. Oh, right. Yeah. Yeah. So what's, uh, if you don't mind us asking, what sort of time do you do for, uh, uh, for a marathon? So I'm sitting just over, no, I've got a, my personal goal, and I know because every runner out there listening has their own kind of thing, um, mine is to get a sub four. I'm just over four hours for a marathon. And I think if I dedicated more time to increasing my speed on training runs, I could get there. Yep. Um, but it's just hard. I mean, it's hard enough getting out there to do the training runs. Yeah. So, um, and as I'm getting older, I'm finding it's more elusive than four <laughs> hours. But if I could get, do a sub four, for, then that will be it for me. I'd, I'd be very happy. Well, it's going just above four. It's yeah, still quick, I know. So yeah, no, that's, that's true. <laughs> yeah, thank you. <laughs> I think anything sub four is kind of, you know, you're training quite hard. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Sub three is crazy. Oh my gosh. Like, I, yeah, take my hat off to all those people out there. Yeah, beyond that, you're in still trying to get into territory. Uh, absolutely. Yeah. And I always love that when you're out on the course and you see them already running back and they're flying. Yeah. <laughs> but no, yeah, that's good. Yeah. And in terms of, um, I guess, training for the 50K, how do you go about doing that? I mean, it's, you know, it's, there's a lot of training programs out, out there that are, I guess are based on time, so it's about time and yeah. getting Ks in the legs. Yeah, that's right. Not and so I, much distance, but, you know, time yes, out on the track. So absolutely. So going for an hour or going for two hours and building it up. And, and that's how I started, you know, training for my long-distance runs. So, um, yeah, for me, if I know I'm going to do an event and I know how many months I've got, then I'll, I'll set my own training schedule that fits my, you know, obviously my, the demands of my work and family life. Because I think that's the biggest thing is trying to fit this stuff in, you know, as parents yeah. and, and people that are busy working and stuff. So uh, you, I think you've got to make it achievable. That's like what I was saying to you earlier. If you miss one of your runs or you haven't done the distance or the time that you wanted to do, length of time, you know, don't be hung up on it. Just get out there and do what you can. Yep. Yeah. But I guess um, your kids must be quite busy with extracurricular activities outside of school and the rest. So yeah, that's right. Do you play that role day to day as well? I do. Like dropping them off, at, you know, swimming. Yeah, and... I, I do wherever I can. Otherwise, I, you know, rely on good friends and family to help out and stuff. But certainly on the weekends, I'm out there like I'm the runner for my um, daughter's under 14 AFL team, Aussie Rules team. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So I, I help out wherever I can. Um, but yeah, it just means that I've got a very full life. But yeah. I'm certainly not complaining about it because that's the way I like to do it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know, your attitude, I guess, to life and being active and having a go, that's rubbing off on your kids? Yeah, I think it is, definitely. Um, yeah, for sure. They want to get involved in things and sign up for things. So, yeah, I think it's having that effect. Without them being pressured, of course. Yeah. It's just kind of a natural thing. Yeah, to... yeah, because I think that's really important. I, I won't push my kids to do anything that they won't. And I appreciate that they're all different. The four of them have got different personalities. So, you know, a couple of them are quite competitive, and I can see they probably <laughs> get that from me, <laughs> whereas the other two aren't so competitive and all probably right. get that more from their father. <laughs> right. So, so yeah. your husband 
not so active in the endurance act no he's a good supporter he comes along and cheers and rings the bell you know um which is great but yeah hey he's into cycling he does a bit of that but i'm I'm kind of grateful because it's hard i would imagine it's hard when you've got two people that want to go out for long runs on the weekend so he's home which is good when i when i can get out there and do that yeah can we get into the the nitty-gritty i guess of your training program yeah you you know is it a matter of Monday morning, 5 a.m. wake up. Yeah, pretty much. Out for a one hour, 60 minute run. Yeah. If I don't get out in the morning, then I find it really hard to go later in the day. Yeah. Um, so Definitely a morning person. Yeah, I'm definitely a morning person. Uh, I can sometimes fit in a lunchtime run if, um, you know, court time allows or what have you. So that can happen. Otherwise, I also like to kind of do some other things. I do Pilates and I do a boxing class on a, on a Monday morning, actually, at six. So that's always a pleasant way to wake up. Not, I always hit that alarm think oh god why am I doing this at 6am on Monday morning boxing's hard but yeah so I kind of add some other elements to my training as well to give me some strength in other areas that the you know general running doesn't yeah well they say to be a good runner you have to be quite strong as Mm, well so yeah you obviously do a lot of work on the core and boxing is great for that absolutely yeah yeah and it's I guess it's a way to to you know take away the monotony of training i guess for yeah endurance events absolutely in things like boxing yeah that's right i think so i think it definitely brings some value into your training program um so i think if for anyone out there that's thinking you know you want to mix it up a little bit maybe consider some other other classes like that yeah yeah and the evenings is go home cook (laughs) yeah yeah face face the evening as everyone would appreciate everyone yeah we're all in the same boat i think in that way so you get home you see what's got to be done you know homework readers um yeah plans to survivor yes where where (laughs) i can i I don't get to watch a lot of tv but when i do that's kind of nice it's is it it still going the u.s survivors on at the moment but the new season of australian survivors i suppose be later in the year um yeah i think they're doing another season of champions contenders i think so i think yeah they'd be up to now season Season, so we were season three, so it'll be season four. Season yeah, four. Yeah, 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 that's right. Okay, so do you have you watched the entire series of your <laughs> of my season? I have because, of course, the first time I saw it was um, when it went to air. So, oh, I, right. yeah, I'd yeah. not seen any of it before that time. So they lock it up that time, they do, yeah. You it's, don't see it until yeah, it's on channel 9. absolutely. Uh, channel 10, channel sorry, 10, I yeah, should say. yeah, yeah. Um, you don't see it until it goes to air and I, look I love that about the show I love everything about the show to be honest um, yeah but of course I'd lived it so but I didn't get to see some of the parts until it went to air and, and it, some of that surprised me because there were other things that were going on behind my back that I, I wasn't really aware of yep. so yeah that was kind of funny and cool yeah yeah. it's a, a production by Mark Burnett he's yeah, Quite yeah. An interesting character. Did yeah. you get to meet him? No, because I th- obviously um, you know there that's part of the US franchise, yeah. and um, <clears throat> I mean Survivor's huge all over the world now, but it is that kind of franchise type franchise. But uh, yeah, no, I didn't get to meet him. But obviously yes. met Jonathan, and um, he he was great, and yeah, yeah. So who's Jonathan? He's... La Paglia. Jonathan's oh, okay. the host of yeah the Australian season. And he's also the, the franchise owner. In no, Australia, I think that. I... So it's uh, well, no, I don't think he is. I'm not. I'm probably getting into yeah information I don't know about now. Yeah. But yeah, so um, well, it'll be Channel Ten. Or... Jeff Probst, I think, is the um yeah the okay. US host, and I think he's got that obviously involvement with the franchise. Yeah, it's a massive production. Yeah, so it guess... is. They do a really great job. Is there anything from that that you learnt about? endurance and did you 
I guess, do that series and realize that you were capable of a lot more in terms of physical endurance? Yeah, for sure. Like I remember thinking before I went into the show, like how am I going to stack up in these physical challenges, particularly being on a team of champions where people are, you know, they're Olympic athletes. That's what they're known for. So I was worried about that. And um, yeah, and I had every right to be because there's some super fit people out there and people that can do amazing things. So that was a little bit of an unknown. But of course, you know, I don't want to have fear hold me back. And I thought I'm just going to go into it. And even remember, you know, rocking up on the day and seeing the challenge and thinking, oh my goodness, can I do this? Like, how am I going to go upside down along a pole? Like, I've never done that in my (laughs) life before. (laughs) Um, But yeah, it's amazing what you can accomplish if you put your mind to something. And out of necessity, really, I think, have to do it. Well, that's the other thing is necessity. I guess getting through the... Yeah. You're kind of not thinking about it too much. Yeah. You're just doing these things. You are. You're just very focused on that moment and what you need to do to try and do it. Yeah. What was the craziest thing you did? Oh, the craziest thing. Oh, my gosh. Look, I think the the craziest challenge would have been the one where we're in the water under the um, cage. You know, the tide was rising, and so we had to then breathe somehow as the tide, you know, rose through the bars. But the crazy aspect of it was that there were the fish. The fish were biting us, like... Oh, really? Yes, constantly. And so... actually getting bitten. Yes, we were actually getting bitten. In fact, someone, I think it was Benji, had blood drawn. So he... Yeah, one of the fish bit his ear, and yeah, he had a um, a cut on his ear. So that was was excruciating. (laughs) because like I wasn't claustrophobic and I wasn't worried about that but I was cold in the water for that length of time and these fish that just randomly came and took a a chunk out of you (laughs) so so that wasn't nice at all so that was probably the craziest thing I don't think that probably you know that's probably Indiana Jones style absolutely yeah that's right it was yeah it was that was um yeah not a fun one that was actual panic button type thing. Like yeah, well, once you can't to... breathe water anymore. and it, But you, it's funny because you lose your senses as you're going through. So first of all, you lose your hearing because the, the water takes your hearing as, it, yeah. you know, the water rises. Then you can't see anymore because your eyes are under the water. Then you've just got your mouth out. So it's kind of, yeah, your sensory ability is lost, um, short, you know, over that period of time. And that's kind of frightening in a way. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Very I interesting. Guess food and nutrition. You cut. We catered for day to day. No, that's, gosh, that's we wish. That'd be great. Caterers, come in and feed us, <laughs> please. Um, no. Yeah, yeah. We. That comes a special catering. Gosh, no, no. We are given rice and beans. Rice and beans. Uh huh. Yeah. A bag, and we have to ration that out, and that you know lasts us probably four days or so. If you don't ration it, then it just runs out. It gets replenished every four or five days. So that was all we we're eating and. And, you know, you literally want to eat more. You're starving. So yeah. after the first few days of the game, everyone starts talking about food constantly yeah. and their favorite recipes and their favorite restaurants. And so you go back to literally survival mode. You do. It's a, that's what this game does. It strips you absolutely. Or, it just yeah. brings everything into um, you know real clarity as to what's important as you know the bare necessities. Yeah. And that was one thing when I came out of the game. I walked back into life and thought, wow, we have completely complicated the yeah. like life. We don't need everything that we so have. Media. Absolutely, and stuff like yeah. we lived out there for fifty days without, you know, five items of clothing, you know, bare food, and um, you know, limited shelter. But you know, what? we're all pretty happy out there. Yeah. We all enjoyed it. Uh, I know yeah. the fellow people, my castmates and stuff, you know, all spoke the same about their experience. They loved it. Yep. No social media, no technology. So yeah, you really get an appreciation for what's important, and that we don't need very much at all, really, to yep. be happy. 
Yeah. So you didn't miss social media and those things at all? No, I actually didn't. And when I came out... Netflix and all our luxuries? Absolutely not. I didn't miss it. And when I came out, I didn't even know where my phone was for the first few days. Like, I was just so used to not having it. Yeah. Um, So I really enjoyed that, to be honest. Um, And it's something I've been very conscious of since I've been out, you know. Like, I'll make sure I'm not on social media all the time. I know that it's part of life and we we are all... And it's great because you can be connected and and I, I do enjoy that. But I think it's something just to be aware of. Yeah. So that's um, a deliberate part of your life now, social media and the rest. I imagine mm. you've got quite a large social following. But yeah, yeah, I do. do. Again, try and separate private life yeah. from public life. Yeah, definitely, yeah, because I think that's right. It, it's that part of my life that I, I've chosen to, you know, pursue. But, yeah, so I do keep it separate in that way. Yeah, so mm. minimal time on Facebook and Instagram and the rest. Well, yeah, I, but it can be fun too, you know, seeing yep. what other people are up to and stuff. Yeah. So that that's good. And also seeing what events are on or, you know, getting yep. ideas to do different things and go in different directions. So, it's yeah. a bit of inspiration. Absolutely. <laughs> I think it's a great place for, for inspiration. Is it the case that you have to turn your phone off? So you know, during court times? Yeah, I do. So I don't have that on. So sometimes I know people want to get in touch with me and then it might yeah. be hours later and I return a call. But I think, again, people that know me know that. I'm, I just can't do that when I'm in court. So, yeah. And what, what are court times? Um, generally speaking, you know, it depends which court you're in, but I think county courts, 10.30 till 4.15 is the court okay. sitting hours. <laughs> yeah. I think it's actually law week this week in, in Melbourne or in Victoria, okay. so anyone can go into the courts. You can go into the courts any day and, and have a look at what's going on, but there's special events going on at the moment around okay. Victoria. Yeah. So proper behind the scenes. Yeah, look. absolutely, which yeah. I think is fascinating. I think, you know, for anyone that wants to do something. Absolutely, on, yeah. Yeah, go and check it out. It's pretty cool. Well, I think I had quite an interest in legal stuff. Yeah. When I was in high school, yeah. I think I attended one of these law weeks. Is that across Australia or just Victoria? Well, Victoria does it. I'm sure probably the other states do. I know it's in its 40th year, oh. so yeah, probably that was it, the, the one that you were perhaps interested in. Yeah. Yeah. It yeah. would be quite a fascinating insight. Yeah, so. I think so, because people don't often yeah see that other side, so I think, yep. yeah, there's definitely value in that. I guess um, getting back to... Rice and beans. Yeah. Good old rice and beans. (laughs) Is the nutritional aspect, is that reflected in your nutrition now in the lead up to events like do you keep it pretty simple yeah i tend to actually or you just eat whatever you want <laughs> no no i can't so much no and... I, I and you know most runners probably would say the same thing you've got the foods that work for you and the foods that don't and you learn through trial and error yep. so yeah if i'm going into you know a big run or whatever i'm very strict for the few days leading in um what i'm eating and yeah how much water i'm drinking and, and the like so yeah you get you get to know that about yourself Yep, so you yeah. don't have, do you have it down to the nth detail? I know um, some runners can go quite hardcore in this area. Yeah, I'm probably, if you had a spectrum, I'm not right at that top end, but I'd probably be between the mid to, yeah, upper mid. Yep. <laughs> um, I'm pretty, yeah, because I just, you don't want to be out there running and you get the stomach pain or cramp yeah. or, yeah, so you just stick with what you know. Um, yeah. And yeah, but like I won't eat. I, I don't eat before a long run. I, I, yeah, I have a black coffee and that's it. All right. Yeah, so but this I, is twenty four hours out. Yeah, uh, no. Well, no, no, no. I eat the day before. before. Like yeah. obviously, I'll, I'll be eating and um, you know carbs and, and protein, a bit of protein and, and that. But then the morning of the run, I, I never eat, and that's why I like to run in the morning because I you yeah. know later runs, then I do start to get hungry pretty yeah. quickly and yeah, a bit, yeah, yeah, a bit groggy. Yeah, yeah. So. Um, yeah. The work, working day as well. So yeah, yeah. Mm. No, it's interesting to hear that. You know, I guess it is case by case. You can't really say 
I think that's the big problem with, with some programs. It's mm. kind of, it's got to suit your body and your requirements. Yeah. You know your body Absolutely. better than anyone else. That's right. And, you know, when I talk to mums at school and other people that want to know what I do to, to, you know, make things work for me in the running, that's what I say. I say you've just got to really work it out for yourself because something that works for me isn't necessarily going to work for you. Yeah. Um, so, you know, take information from any source you can. Yeah. You know, more uh, knowledge is, is better. And then, yeah, apply what works for yourself. Uh-huh. Yeah. I guess um, that... In terms of events going forward, mm. so there's a Surf Coast Century 50K yeah. in September, hopefully, yes, depending yes. on work requirements and the yes. rest, but fingers crossed. Yeah, fingers um, crossed. I know you mentioned the Margaret River Ultra Marathon, another yeah. one of our events that's just been completed yes. over in Margaret River in Western Australia. Yeah, that's um, right. You've had plans to do that? <laughs> <laughs> I have, funnily enough, yes. So last year I'd registered because I think it was the inaugural event last year, wasn't it? Was, it? Yep. Yeah. First one ever. And a good friend of mine uh, who's a runner and in particular a trail runner said, oh, let's go and do this as a team. And I was like, yep, yeah, I'm there. Let's go. So we obviously booked the airfares, registered our team, um, set it all up. And then I got the call that I was going to be on Survivor, you know, that I don't right. know. Yeah. So, <laughs> and that, it, you know, it conflicted with that requirement. You so know, you to, ditched us for Survivor. So I had. <laughs> too I was you know I was disappointed and I actually said to the people I said look you could hold my spot maybe I'll get voted out and I could come and join <laughs> join yeah. the, the team but um, I, I said no you know no we have to find someone to take my spot obviously because it's a big commitment uh, so we did that but I missed out so yeah it was yeah. unfortunate but I'd love to do that event and I'm you know perhaps maybe next year I'll be able to be in a good position to do yeah, it'd be it great to see you there next yeah, year yeah I would so love it yeah the full event yeah I'd like to do the full event yeah I think that's it yeah I want to start lifting my my, um, yeah, my, my kilometers now. So yeah, 80k and then maybe the 100k. Yeah. <laughs> That'd be good. Well, you can get plenty of practice running in the sand, I guess. Yeah. Ocean yes, that's summer. true. <laughs> yeah, that's one of my favorite things to do. So. You try and spend quite a bit of time at Ocean Grove. Yeah. Just to get away from yeah. work and Definitely. all the rest. Yeah. So. Yeah. And the, do the Ripta River down there every year. That's always a good event. Oh, okay. How yeah. far is that one? That's, that's 10K from 10K. the lighthouse. Yeah. Point Lonsdale to the oh, surf that's right. Yeah. Yeah. I've been into that myself yeah, this year. Yeah. You should. It's a great run. Ended up doing the um, Bells Beach Cliff Bash. Oh. So, okay. Yeah. How was that? That was really good. Yeah. It was that day when it was about... Yeah. About 38 degrees. Yeah, really hot. Yeah. Actually, the Mercury said 43. Oh, my gosh. On the morning of the event. Mm. They were talking about calling it off. Yeah. Uh, but the wind switched, the weather switched completely, and it ended up ended up being about about nine ten degrees yeah. and blowing a gale. Wow! So standing, <laughs> standing at the start line, shivering. Yeah. When it was yeah. 40, 43 degrees in the morning. Yeah. So. That's that's Melbourne and Victoria for you, yeah. isn't it? Victoria in a nutshell, <laughs> on the surf coast, I guess. Absolutely. Yeah. I guess similar a similar thing could happen. Surf coast century early September. Yeah. We true. Spoke before could be. Yeah. Six degrees, it could be 16, it could be sunny and 29. That's so. right. But that's the kind of beauty of it too. You go into this knowing <laughs> that it could be anything and you're ready for, you know, anticipating whatever weather conditions there are. Yep. Um, but that's part of the challenge, yeah? Um, yeah. So, yeah, I think that that's, um, yeah, a good thing really. Do you take those things into consideration in the lead up to events? Do you think about the weather or...? Um, yeah, or of course you think, got, you know, you want good mm. conditions. It's always great yeah. if you can start and you've got perfect conditions um, for your run. But... Uh, 
it's not something that deters me. I don't think, oh, I'm not going to register for that because, you know, the weather might be bad. Because I, I know, you know, most runners just get out there and do what they need to do regardless yeah. of the weather. And once you're into a run, it's fine. Yeah. Like, yeah, sure, you're wet, but, you know, you're running. <laughs> it's, just, it's more the wind chill factor. Yeah, it? that's right. I guess if you've signed up to do mm. an ultramarathon, then mm. you're not going to be entirely concerned. <laughs> no, really. I wouldn't have thought so. Yeah, that's kind of the least of, yeah, the yeah, no, least of your worries. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, people um, with a lot of extra gear, I guess, for the start of the Margaret River Ultramarathon. Yeah, and, yeah. And then stripping off yes. just before the start. But yeah. yeah, as you say, once you get going. Yeah, it doesn't take long. Actually, the start of the Margaret River is straight into some four-wheel drive uphill tracks. Oh, so right. Yeah. If you're not warm after, no. after getting to the top of that, well, yeah. you're not going to get warm. So. No, that's true. Yeah. But that is interesting. Um, can we touch on some of the charities that you've worked for? Yeah, in yeah. The past? Yeah, sure. Um, so that's always been a focus of mine, you know, whilst I've been running in the past anyway. And so I've done um, some fundraising for Royal Children's Hospital, Heart Kids, um, uh, the Prostate Cancer Foundation. Um, I did some personal fundraising for a friend of mine who was terminal um, with cancer. And yeah, so it's it's just one of those opportunities, I think, to be able to give back. Um, and yeah, I'm very lucky now, even post-survivor, to be able to continue that. And um, I'm doing some more work with other charities as well so uh, Habitat for Humanity Humanity, Habitat for Humanity and also Royal McDonald House so yeah um, that's kind of exciting yeah definitely yeah I guess uh, a children's focus there. Yeah, yeah. And I think, again, because I did have that experience with my oldest son at um, the Royal Children's Hospital in Melbourne, so I just remember how great they were and supportive. And and when you're in that position, you know, you you get that different perspective on life. So I thought, oh, yeah, any opportunity I can to help and give back, you want to do it. What position was that? Yeah, look, he was critically ill when he was seven months old. Okay. He had an undiagnosed like kidney issue, and um, yeah, so that he needed surgery immediately. And because it was un, you know, undetected, he was in a very serious state. So uh-huh. he was suffering from hyponatremia, and uh, yeah, so that then meant that uh, he kind of lost his ability to move for uh-huh. yeah a period of time afterwards. And he had multiple surgeries, and obviously they fixed it, and he's completely fine now, which is is great Um, yeah but it was a you know a 12 month period after that initial diagnosis um, where we were in and out of the children's hospital so yeah I was just completely blown away about you know how dedicated the staff are there and the people that work there yeah they do do an amazing job they really do yeah we start now fully mobile. Yeah. Oh, yeah. No problem at all. So you had to learn, you know, re you know, learn to crawl again and, and do all those things. Right. But um, being at the age that he was, I think that was yeah. a huge advantage. Just and a critical age. Yeah, that's right. So that was all fine. And yeah, gosh, he plays footy now. He rows. He's oh, right. super active. Yeah, very fit and, yeah, and healthy. Kid. He is. He's six, oh, six foot tall. All right. Yeah. How yeah. Old is he? Sixteen. Sixteen. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So um, yeah, no problems at all. But yeah, got great care. Well, were there yeah yeah fantastic yeah and the other what was the other charity you mentioned uh habitat Habitat for humanity yeah yeah so they're an organization that build houses for you know people that are disadvantaged all over the world so i'm doing some work with them and uh, we're going to nepal in march next year actually to Mm -hmm. build houses over there for um some disadvantaged women so yeah i'm very excited about that i actually wanted to talk about i guess plans for the future yeah um so obviously got that in March yes. next year. Yes. Um, a few running events coming up. Yeah. Surf Coast Century. Yeah, Surf Coast. And more work. Yeah. Committed to a long-term career in law. Yeah. You can't see yourself doing... Um, 
look, I never say never to anything because you yep. just don't know, you know, what is um, out there. And uh, look, I've always had different ideas of different things. I love the law and I think, you know, it's obviously um, been a great career choice for me and I've really enjoyed it. But there might be other things that I, I am interested in down the track, yeah, that I might pursue. I know that you're quite a, quite a prominent public speaker. Yeah, yeah. I enjoy Different uh, women's organisations and on the corporate scene as well. Yeah, yeah. Is that I've, quite busy or that's it very is. selective? Well, it is. It's really a matter of me just, yeah, fitting it into my um, schedule. So whenever I get the opportunity and, and it's something that I, you know, quite passionate about or feel strongly about, I'll, I'll take that opportunity up. So, yeah, I, I've enjoyed that as well. Um, yeah, so... There's lots of things going on, which yeah, is exciting. Is there a key theme for your talks? Like, uh, I'm guessing it's quite motivational. Yeah, and... that's right. That's the place that I generally come from. Um, you know, that kind of inspirational uh, setting and talk, but also about my work and my achievements and, and, you know, where I've got to where I am, I suppose. Yeah. yeah. Mm. I think I read, correct me if I'm wrong, but um, I think I read beforehand <laughs> that you did a speech to some bankers. From CBA? Um, oh, right? it might have been Telstra. Was it Telstra? Oh, Telstra. Yeah, yes, I did do one earlier. No, late last year, I think. Quite a hard-nosed group of people, and <laughs> yeah. people came out saying it's one of the best speeches they've ever heard. Oh, so. yeah, no, it was. It was a really good uh, event, and, yeah, I got a lot of positive feedback from, from that talk. Um, yeah, so, yeah, they were and very receptive. I get the feeling you're quite uh, motivated, and, you know, you bounce back quickly from challenges. <laughs> you, how do you deal with stress? How do you use... Um, I'm imagining you have bad days. Yeah, for sure. I mean, we all do, right? Everyone has a bad day. And everyone has failure. And I think, you know, that's something I think as a community we we should recognise and accept as okay because you learn. Your greatest learning moments are in those failures and setbacks. Um, So, yeah, when I do have hard days or stressful times, I do. I just kind of take that step back and, and say, okay, look, what can I do here to move forward or change things? not to beat yourself up yeah? yeah because everyone everyone has those moments and i think yeah. when you recognize that too it gives you some power there yeah. um to be able to see it from that perspective yeah just to be able to take that very first step back and yeah sort of, yeah do you go to the, as far as meditation and those sort of methods or? yeah i do actually yeah. i use a um, meditation um and yeah just yeah being still i think yeah. um bringing yourself back into that moment i think it's really important yeah. um and it's a good way to get yourself out of those stressful moments particularly you know in my job um as you know or can imagine it would get stressful at times and i think that's the way i alleviate that pressure you know just bring it back just to quiet yourself calm yourself down and think okay what are the steps that i can do here to yeah. to improve the situation yeah i would imagine especially in, in your profession i mean you must hear about some horrific things yeah. that happen yeah. to people and victims yeah. and all the rest. So mm. Mm, absolutely. I imagine that's essential for you. Is that a daily thing or is that something you do every now and then to, to recharge? Uh, in terms of meditation? Yeah. Look, I try to you know do it daily if I can, <laughs> even if it's for a very small amount of time, just to bring myself back. Um, so, yeah, I think, again, it's a matter of just trying to prioritise those things. Uh, and especially valuable things. They're valuable tools if you can exercise and take a moment, you know, of stillness and have that moment, yep. quiet time. Um, even if it is on your lunch break, going out for a walk in the local park, you know, just yeah, yep. quieting your mind, getting rid of all that chatter in your head. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's really important. 
And he must be based in Spring Street, somewhere there. Uh, actually, Lonsdale William Street, up that Lonsdale end. Street. Yeah, yeah, oh, Eagle yeah, Precinct. Yeah, so Flagstaff, Flagstaff Gardens right. is a really nice place. Yeah. Um, the tan's not actually that far away, yeah. so if you're running, I can run down there, uh, and it's beautiful. So there's little pockets everywhere. Um, you don't necessarily have to be by the sea to to be able to enjoy. Yeah. Um, yeah. Nature. Yeah. I know a lot of our entrants for Margaret River and Surf Coast and Run Lara Pinta happening too. Yeah. Uh, in August, a lot of the entrants are from inner, inner city Melbourne, yeah. Sydney, uh, Perth as well. Yeah. So. Yeah, I think that's it. It gives you that opportunity to go and connect with nature yeah. and, and just be with yourself, which I think we, we need to do more of. I mean, Absolutely. because we can just get so busy in everyday life. And mm. I think, yeah, it's invaluable. You've got to remind yourself, okay, well, hang on a second, just stop. Yep. Yeah. Take that moment. Um, and it's amazing what clarity you get then yeah. <laughs> when you can bring yourself back. And that gives you the energy, I guess, to, yeah. to run 100 kilometer ultra marathons yeah. and, and the rest, well, 50k in this case, but <laughs> yeah, but even 80k next year. Yeah, and just that different perspective. You know, I always kind of flip, kind of flip it, flip it around. Like if I'm running and I'm feeling tired and that, I think, yeah, but look, I've got this pain in my legs. How amazing that I can run, like that I can do this, yep. that I've got the ability to go out and, and run this and feel the pain in my legs. Because yeah. you know it's going to end. Like that finish line is going to come. It's not going to be continuing forever. So um, as much as you might feel like it is at the time so yeah. i think that's the thing it's always trying to flip things around to see it from that other angle and not they're like oh my gosh I, my legs are just killing me now or, you know <laughs> yeah stop <laughs> so they, they sound like your three pillars you know the family i guess exercise mm-hmm. and well your meditation as well yeah being sure. in the moment yeah absolutely yeah i would say so that's and, how i operate and weekend is a total switch off from work or do you have to work Weekends. Yeah, look, sometimes I have to work weekends. It just depends on what case I'm involved in. But um, generally speaking, I like to be quite efficient with my work. So I get as much done during the week as I can. So then when I'm home, I'm available to the family because, you know, I want to be there for my kids and be involved actively yeah. with them and, and enjoy that time with them. So, and yeah. it is long days during the week, like you've got your court time, yeah. but I imagine you're doing a lot of research. Absolutely, and, yeah. and, and that's why the court hours are that. I mean, it, yeah. you know, to the external world, 10.30 to 4.15 might not seem like a long time, but the lawyers and everyone else has to have to go about preparing the other times. So that's why, yeah, we come in and out of court and, um, yeah, still a lot of work going on before and after. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, during the day. And obviously you wear the wig. Yes. Oh, well, we do. Some judges don't wear the wigs anymore. Um, that's a personal choice in the county court. Supreme Court doesn't wear the wigs anymore. The Court of Appeal, they don't wear wigs. So, um, yeah, there's only uh, some limited opportunity to wear yeah. a wig now. Yeah. So the courts are changing? The, um, yeah, I think so. Becoming the culture? Absolutely. More modern, yeah. um, progressive, like anything. I think, you know, you have to evolve to yeah. be relevant um, and reflect what the community want. Yeah. And you've kind of led the way, I guess, for young female lawyers, barristers, oh, especially in the criminal oh, world. I don't know. I mean, it's like anything. There's always people that come before you, you know, that open yeah. up those opportunities. And there's certainly a lot of female trailblazers in my profession um, that I look up to and I'm very grateful for. Um, but yeah, when I came to the bar, there, there weren't a lot of women at the bar at that time, but it's certainly changed now. And I'm, I'm very pleased about that. So yeah. If there was one major, major influence for you, I guess, for a... Oh dear! Be a female influence or male? Who would it be? Um, gosh. Uh, look, there's so many lawyers that I respect for different reasons. Um, 
oh, to single out one is like kind of unfair because, yeah, there's yeah. so many that I admire for different reasons. I really, um, you know, looked up to Michelle Williams, who was a senior Crown Prosecutor. Um, she's retired in the last few years uh-huh. um, from that position. But, yeah, look, there are... Uh, practitioners that are now judges that I completely, you know, admire and and aspire to be like. Um, So, yeah, yeah, to answer that question. (laughs) Yeah, well, it is difficult. You can draw strength from a lot of different sources, can't you? Absolutely, you do. And I think that's the thing. Something that, you know, you're taken with by one person, what they might say, that might, you know, um, have an effect. But then you can take lots of things from different people. Lots of different people can influence you, not just one uh-huh yeah i guess anyone outside of the legal profession that really is, comes to mind um oh gosh like I, I always look to people like nelson mandela and you know those they're, they're heroes i mean they mm-hmm. they embody everything i think as humans um we should strive for yep. um so yeah i would think yeah he'd probably top the list yep. yeah yeah um i think he would top many lists <laughs> yeah very inspiring person yeah so, yeah um I guess in terms of, so we're going to just chat briefly about, yeah, I guess your hunger, I guess, mm. what kind of started, like it would be quite easy, I guess, to, to be, a, you know, your run-of-the-mill barrister, <laughs> I guess there's no such thing as a run-of-the-mill no, barrister, no, I think that's, you yeah. could have gone into law, accepted a position, um, kind of been, you know, not your standard, but you, you <laughs> your everyday lawyer yeah um, what dri- kind of drives you to participate in these endurance events uh, survivor uh, work with charities yeah there seems to be like an inner hunger there yeah what's the do you think is the driver behind that well I think for me I just <laughs> I didn't want my career to be all consuming you know there's so many parts to all of us I know there are for me that you want to satisfy so um, you know and work often can't deliver on all of those different fronts so that's why for me you know being able to support charities uh, you know is a great opportunity that I I have and I enjoy that but then the running that's part that fulfills me I feel free when I'm out there running you know it's like you get to connect with nature and um, it's my time so uh, and you get to feel so alive as everyone knows who runs you know it's just this came before the law too didn't it yeah well yeah I mean, I've always had that, you know, draw, I've always been drawn to outdoor activity, um, whether it was swimming and surfing when I was younger and, yeah, and then running later on. Yeah. 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 Uh, it's, it's, I guess we could sit here and chat all, all afternoon. Like, <laughs> we've only covered, I guess, a snippet of, of your life to date. So yeah. really appreciate you coming in today. I know you have to get back to Melbourne at some stage today. So. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's been great. Great yeah. chatting with you, Ben. I've, I've really enjoyed it. Yeah, we've loved it. So... Yeah, we are actually in our offices here in Torquay, so I know you've made quite a trip down the highway to be to chat with us today. So yeah, no, no, it's been a pleasure. Really appreciate it. Yeah. And we hope to see you after the 50K. Yep, fingers crossed. South Coast Century in September. Yes, yep. If um, I can get there, I will be there, yes, for sure. Yeah. yeah. We look forward to seeing you. So if, for those listening in, uh, we've got 100K, 50K events happening. Um Obviously, solo events for those who want to do the whole thing by themselves mm-hmm. and brave it. Yeah, um, yeah. Otherwise, teams of two, three, or four uh, for the 100-kilometer relay event. So you can split it. You know, if you've got a team of four, you can split it into 25k each. Yeah, that's just fun way. Quite achievable. For, yeah. If you're using it as a stepping stone, I guess, for, for a longer distance. But uh, Saturday, 21st of September, 
Uh, it starts and finishes in Anglesey, in, on the Great Ocean Road in Victoria. Um, suited to newbies right through to a late Absolutely, yeah. Um, otherwise, thank you very much for your time today, Sean. Really appreciate it. Great story. Um, and thank you for your time. Thanks, Ben. Thanks very much. Thank you. Cheers.